0: I'm going to be reading chapter 7, verses 24 through 29, and this is from the New Revised Standard Version. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was its fall. Now when Jesus had finished saying these words, the crowds were astounded at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority and not as their scribes. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Grace and peace to you, beloved. I am Amy Wilson Feltz, <clears throat> struggling with allergies a little bit this morning. I am the pastor here at Morningstar, and I am delighted to be with you. Before we get started with the message, I just want to recognize that some of you have hearing aids, and you have been in the past relying on our hearing loop, and if you have been relying on our hearing loop, you will know that it's not working right now. I just want you to know that we know that too, and we care about that, and we are working to fix that hearing aid loop there's not a local way to do that so we're going to have to bring somebody in so please thank you for your patience please continue to be patient with us and know that we are working to fix that loop okay all right let's take a deep breath let us pray Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight this morning, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Not long before Jason and I were married, about 11 years ago, we purchased this table for our dining room, and it has lived with us now in three cities and four houses, serving as an integral part of our family's life together, which is exactly what I envisioned when we made the purchase. I want something durable, I told the store owner. I want a table where we can eat today and my grandkids will eat in decades to come. Amy, she said, your grandkids will be able to dance on this table. We're still many, many years away from seeing that vision fulfilled, of course, but the foundation on which that dream was built is strong, and I'm reminded of that truth every time our family gathers around the table. Foundation is the central theme of the story that Jesus tells us in the passage that Judy just read with us this morning. It is a familiar one to many of us. Many of us grew up singing a song that goes with it in vacation Bible school and Sunday school. You know that, Christy, the rains came down and the floods came up. You might even remember images like this one. The story begins with Jesus himself proclaiming that his teachings are a matter of life and death for us. And he speaks of a man who built his house on the rock presumably above sea level, considering the terrain where Jesus lived. The man showed wisdom in his choice of housing location, Jesus tells us, because when the rains fell and the sea levels rose and the wind blew, the house stood firm. Everyone who hears these words of mine, Jesus says, and acts on them, is wise. The flip side, of course, is illustrated by the man who built his house on the sand At or below sea level in the flood zone, and when faced with that same storm, that same storm, the structure fell like a house of cards. Everyone who hears these words of mine, Jesus says, and does not act, is foolish. The words of which Jesus speaks are, of course, the words of the Sermon on the Mount, the words of Jesus teaching and preaching, and also the words that he illustrates with his own actions. These are the words. That we are to hear and to do. And in using the word wise to describe the action of the man who built his house on the rock, Jesus is not merely praising the man's choice of housing location, he's calling forth centuries of emphasis on wisdom in his faith tradition. In our holy texts, and in Jesus's too, wisdom is a literary genre. The Old Testament books of Job and Proverbs and Ecclesiastes especially bring the wisdom tradition to life. In the New Testament, we hear echoes of that wisdom tradition clearly in the book of James. The books of wisdom teach us about ways of living that are good for us, not only because they are good for us and will keep us out of trouble, but because they will bear good fruit, because they will bring us healthy results in our lives in the process So the bottom line is respect for God is the beginning of all wisdom. And we could think about it this way. Wisdom is seeking God's perspective and acting on it. Wisdom is seeking God's perspective and acting on it. What we're talking about here is making the word of God and the ways of Jesus foundational to our lives. And Jesus uses these houses to make his point. Today, we often use the imagery of the table. That's the premise behind our February sermon series, worship series, called The Table, A Place for Everyone. often we talk about the table in terms of our faith and we're referring to this communion table and others like it, but even that is a sign of all of our aspects of our life together, all of our aspects of life together in community and Jesus' presence with us as well. So we've spent the last month, the first month of the year, centering ourselves in our commitment to follow Jesus and talking about our curiosity about the work of the Holy Spirit and and recognizing our identity as the children of God. We took time to think about how we can grow in being more invitational and how to further embody the love of Jesus outside the walls of the church. And now we turn our attention to the culture that we are creating here at Morningstar. When people accept our invitation, what will they find here? When people meet us out there, how will they experience us? And what will they come to know and believe about God in the process? To help us think about these realities, we will turn our attention for the next few weeks to the table And of course, before anyone can sit at a table, it has to be built. In a church like Morningstar, when it comes to the table of our faith, it is built on the teachings of Jesus. And that's exactly the point that Jesus himself was making in the telling of this story about the house on the rock and the house on the sand. This story is found in two tellings of our gospel. It's found in Matthew and in Luke. We find Matthew's version in chapter 7 at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. We found Luke's version in chapter 6 at the end of the Sermon on the Plain. The effect in both cases is the sealing, the stamping of everything that Jesus has said before. All of that talk about resisting retaliation and living generously and loving our enemies. It's all being sealed with this sober truth that following in these ways, in these ways of Jesus can make all the difference in standing firm, in the midst of life challenges, or I'm falling apart. Following the ways of Jesus can make all the difference in being able to stand firm or falling apart. Now, the good news is that Jesus never said that any of this was easy or that we would get it right on the first try. Faith is a practice, and we are building on that practice one experience and one interaction at a time. That is why Jesus emphasizes not just hearing, but doing. Now, we all know people. We all know people who can easily navigate the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and can quote just about every word that was attributed to the Apostle Paul, but whose actions are completely devoid of grace and love, whose actions don't even remotely resemble the teachings of Jesus. Beloved, in our worst moments, we are those people. And if we have any hope of healing the wounds that that kind of living causes and reducing the number of times that we act that way in the first place, we will not only find it in changing the way that we think, although that is a start. We find the change in establishing new patterns of behavior. This is how we build the table And Jesus wasn't the only one who said something like this. We can find that idea picked up in the letter of 1 Peter as the writer talks about building a life with Jesus as the cornerstone. And James, that New Testament writer of wisdom, put it this way Be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. Be doers of the word. For these teachings to have any relevance in our lives today, we must be honest enough to ask ourselves, what are we doing? Really, when we look at how we spend our time and how we interact with others, what are we doing? What is the foundation of our lives? Not what do we say the foundation of our lives is, but what is the foundation of our lives? We are so busy it's a refrain i hear over and over again we are so busy even from retired people my friends who are retired tell me they're busier now than they were before and we thought we thought 25 30 years ago that advances in technology would buy us time but we've used them we've used them into tricking ourselves into thinking that our time has no limits The truth is, we have the same amount of time that any human being has ever had in a given day, 24 hours, and how we prioritize and spend our time becomes the foundation of our lives. So building something solid, and Randy, you could tell more about this than I could, right? Building something solid requires consistent and intentional use of adequate amounts of time and a set of quality tools whether we're talking about building a house, building a table, or building a faith. Arranging our lives to build something that lasts, arranging our lives to build something that lasts, both requires and exhibits wisdom, and it also takes a certain amount of foolishness. What? Foolishness? Didn't Jesus call the man who built his house on the sand foolish and kind of lift, his, lift him up as an example of what not to do? He did. And we tend to think of foolishness as lacking good sense or judgment, not thinking things through, perhaps being short-sighted or impulsive. This is the kind of foolishness against which Jesus warns in this passage. But elsewhere in our holy text, we find another brand of foolishness that is a kind of supreme wisdom. We can find an example of such wise foolishness in the story of King David. In the book of Second Samuel, we find the story of David's quest to bring the Ark of the Covenant, which housed the Ten Commandments, to the city of Jerusalem. It was quite the journey, and at one point David doubts his role in it. But God is faithful, and the ark is brought to its resting place in the holy city. And David rejoices with a festive dance, much to the embarrassment of his family. His wife essentially says, You are the king. You are the king. What are you doing, making such a fool of yourself before God and everyone? David then blesses the name of God for entrusting him with the care of the people. And famously says, I will make myself even more foolish than this, to the point of humiliation in my own eyes. It's this kind of foolishness, beloved, that makes putting others' needs before our own and going the extra mile and giving to everyone who asks possible. David's brand of foolishness is the kind for which we pray at Morningstar every week when we ask God for the ability to believe that we can make a difference in the world. And it takes time. It takes time to build the courage and the wisdom that is rooted in God's love for us, rooted in the ways of Jesus, rooted in the presence of the Holy Spirit that is required to withstand withstand the storms of life. as the rains come down and the floods come up. Fortunately for us, we have everything we need to build a firm foundation. If you're in the sanctuary, I hope you have a Lego here. If you don't, raise your hand. And you're welcome to receive one from the Boy Scouts. I think you did your job so well that everybody has one. Oh, over here, right over here on the edge. And at home, again, if you have a Lego or a building block, you're going to need that as well. Or you can simply look at this screen here and visualize what we are doing. Right here on the other side, Camden. Isn't it great to have our scouts helping today? Yeah. Okay. You have your Lego? You don't have it? You have it? Okay. Hold it in your hand. Now listen carefully. Each of you build something with your Lego by yourself right where you are. No, don't collaborate. You can't collaborate. You can't you can't collaborate. Just by yourself. What are you going to build? A tower? You can't build anything by yourself with one block, right? It It doesn't work. You're not going to build a table out of this. You're not going to build a house. The lesson here is so simple it might be painful, right? You've been given everything you need to build a firm foundation in life by God's grace, but we were not created to do it alone. We were not created to live our faith alone. We can only do our part, and it's in working together that we can build something really useful for the community. And that something useful is made even more meaningful when it's given a purpose, like my family's table. This table is a place of nourishment not just of our bodies but of our souls and our faith and our life together. This table is the site of meal times and story times and game nights and trivia contests and art projects and cookie decorating and laundry folding and homework and heartfelt conversations and prayer. Our time at this table is foundational for our family's understanding of who we are called to be in the world and what we are called to do with a search for wisdom, just the right amount of foolishness, and an abundance of grace. The same is true of your own table, whether you live by yourself or in a residential community or with a family. The same is also true of this table. And the same is true of the church itself. And if we are willing, to pay attention to our own growth and development, then we can build it. We can build a table where there is a place for everyone, piece by piece, if we build it together. Amen? Amen. So I invite you to hold your Lego. Hey, kiddos, do you still have your Legos? Instead of the cross today, we're going to hold our Legos. Hold it tight as we pray, okay? Because this this Lego is a sign of your important place in the kingdom of God. I want you to keep this Lego where you can see it throughout your week and be reminded that you play an important part in building the community together. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for our place at the table. We thank you for entrusting us with the power to continue to build a firm foundation in our lives and in our community. As we go about our lives, bring the words of Jesus to our minds and shape our actions with them. Help us to live our lives so that when the rains come down and the floods come up, the words of Jesus echo in our souls, calling us to act wisely with just the right amount of foolishness and an abundance of grace. Amen.